Welcome back to another episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. We're back for another episode with an author, CJ Lead, author of Mave Fly, which dropped in 2023, the summer of 2023, which is an unbelievable book. It's in our top 10 or top 20, top 15, whatever we put out there for books of the year. It's an unbelievably weird, cool horror slasher book written by CJ. It is well and highly recommended. So please check it out. It's called Mave Fly. So we discuss Mave Fly. We discuss her next book called American Rapture, which comes out October of 2024, as well as Star Trek books in general, the crazy world we live in, and so much more. But before you listen, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, Rate, review, subscribe, all those things over on Spotify, Apple, and all your major podcasting platforms. You can also check us out and follow us on YouTube as well. But this is an episode with author CJ Lee talking about her book, Mayfly, as well as her upcoming book, American Rapture. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, CJ. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. You know, as they mentioned a little bit off air, I, I feel like I'm getting a cold. I have a two and a half year old, so it's like inevitable. Oh, but like, yeah. I he just got over his cold like two weeks ago. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, if he gets another one, I'm going to freak out. But hey, you know what? It's that time of year. And I feel like everybody's getting sick anyway. So yeah, 100%. We're, we're just surviving. Yes, we're exactly. all there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was funny because like I had such anxiety during the pandemic, like the beginning of it. Like if I were to get like a little tickle in my throat, I'm like, okay, hunker down, everybody stay. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna live life. <laughs> I won't cough on people. I won't, uh, you know, get near people, whatever. But like, I'm just gonna live life. <laughs> Let's get yeah, on this. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, back in the day, like it was kind of like a badge of honor too, right? Like yeah. if you were sick and you went to work, it was like, yeah. fuck yeah, like uh, look how powerful <laughs> I am. Like I don't care about a cold or the flu. But now it's like, if you, I don't know, it's like, who, I don't know what to do anymore. No, exactly. And I feel like my boss would be mad at me for coming in, let yeah, alone the, the opposite side of it when we, when we were, uh, you know, but it was only like four or five years ago too. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like decades ago, it was like four or five years ago. People were like, yeah, you, you came to work sick. This is great. And I used to manage bartenders and bartenders oh, would yeah. call in sick. Like, oh, I didn't feel good this morning. I'm like, you mean you're hungover? Like you're hungover, just say it. Hey, we work in the it. industry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. And it's like eight o'clock in the morning and they're calling in sick for like a four o'clock in the afternoon shift. I'm like, okay, so eat some food, drink some water. You'll be fine. Come on in. But <laughs> yeah, nah. we got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we're, I mean, so thank you so much for taking some time out. We're going to chat some books uh, here. Um, how did you get into writing? How about that? Let's just start with that. How, what, what, what forced, not forced you, but what, made you go into the avenue of writing uh, in general? So um, when I was in undergrad, I was hoping and planning to be a career academic. And I was doing medieval studies. And the plan was like, take a year off after undergrad, go do some hiking, traveling, whatever, and then like come back to it and kind of like do the academic thing. And my last semester, um, I had one free elective and it was a writing class that I ended up taking. And uh, I took the class, it was fun, whatever. And I graduated and then I heard from that professor again after I graduated and he was like, I actually sent what you wrote to um, my agent and editor and they both want full manuscripts. And I was like, I don't know anything about writing. So anyway, I tr I wrote a book. It was terrible. I wrote it in like two months. I didn't know anything. And then uh, life 
happened yeah. and I ended up applying to grad school a few times. And, but in the course of writing that very bad book, I was like, holy shit, this is what I want to do with my life. So it took, and then it was like, you know, a lot of years until I yes. actually got a book done and then like a book in the world. Yes, exactly. Now you have Mayfly out there. Your little, your little babies out there. People are, are taking it and, and loving. I, I've heard, I literally haven't heard bad things about it, but I also am in a certain group of people that like, yeah. obviously they'll like it. You <laughs> mean like, I'm not like, too. <laughs> those people are out there. <laughs> they, I'm sure they are, but it's like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, everybody loves it. But I'm like, also part of like book, book groups that have like, of course they're going to like it. You know, they, they're, we're all crazy. And that's why, right. I mean, <laughs> we love it. There's no other way to be. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so Mayfly dropped this year uh, to, like I said, uh, overall, I think it's a pretty overall positive reviews on, yeah. on the book. Uh, and I did for our website, we did it during Horror Week. We do a Horror Week, which actually I think is going to become Horror Month this year, which is kind of cool. Uh, but Horror Week on the on the website, uh, I had recently or in the past, I should say, talked to Stephen Graham Jones. I've Great. talked to Daniel Krauss and I've talked yeah. to Adam Caesar. And so Great in the past... Most of them, we talked to their comics that they did, uh, but we also touched on other things. I actually did a beer collaboration with Daniel Krauss uh, for my day job too. So for Whale Fall. Oh, that was you? Yeah. That so. was so cool. We were, we were, had fun with that. So yeah, so I, I contacted them and was like, do you guys be willing, or are you willing to put together a list of books that you would recommend? Like a lot of people want to read your books, but like, what would you recommend to people? And both Adam Caesar and Stephen Graham Jones put Mayfly on that list. So that to me was like, okay, I, now I need to read this book because I had it on my TBR, but it was like, ah, I'll get to it at some point. You know, I have so much stuff to read and it forced me to. So I immediately started reading it. Absolutely loved it. And it only oh, lost out so to a close second for our top books of the year to Whalefall, but. You know, and you know what? Whalefall was 100% my top book of the year. So like <laughs> I completely that I know we're not here to talk about Whalefall, yeah, yeah. but holy shit. We can. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. I was like, I, we I, can. I, I don't mind. Everybody. I <laughs> yes. told Daniel, too. I was like, I this was like everyone's Christmas present this year was your book. Well, so that was funny. <laughs> I love how you say that because I my, my local comic book store owner said that his favorite book of the year was going to be everybody's Christmas present this year. He's like, yeah. what do you, what do you read? He's like, well, I mostly read Harry Potter novels. Okay. Here's this book. And it had nothing to do with Harry Potter style novels. He's just like, I need you to read this book because this is the book you need to read. And yeah. Whalefall was that, it was his novel for that. Cause it's like, it can reach so many different people. Like, I feel like it's a thriller. Yeah. It's a horror. It's sci-fi. It's and all it's so that stuff. life affirming. I mean, it's really like it. I felt it was a very transformative experience reading mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah. which is a different transformative experience of reading Mayfly. I think, <laughs> I think there was, <laughs> uh, but so may, do you want to give a, anybody who hasn't like heard of Mayfly or understand this a little elevator pitch on what Mayfly is? Yeah. So, um, basically she is a, uh, theme park princess by day in Anaheim, California, and, uh, a certain ice princess you may or may not have heard of and then um by night she reads like misanthropic literature she's a barfly she gets up to various like low level no goods um but then her best friend's brother moves to town and sort of awakens something in her in a time when she's kind of grasping to keep life together anyway and it gets bloody and it gets gross and it gets weirder um and that's why I, I think that's 
that's pretty much the book. There's a lot of Halloween. Yes, there is. And, and that's good because that's horror. I mean, it, it fits it fits in that category right there. Um, it, it's definitely it's funny how you mentioned the Anaheim, California. There's this um happiest place on earth. Is, is that how you put it in the book? It's the happiest place on earth. Is that the um I think I said the happiest place in the world. Okay. Because uh that is trademarked. Okay. <laughs> And it's unrelated. This is in no. my book. This is not talking about any real corporation. Yes. Of course. No, it isn't. Well, that was kind of funny. I, I, I there's a uh, bar, a Star Wars bar, right in California, um, that is not a Dumb Star Wars Dumb. bar, <laughs> and it, 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 they go by what's what's the name of it? It's um, ah, Kevin Smith. Uh, they they always uh, they do their podcasts from there. It's on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California. Dumb it. Scum and villainy. Yeah, scum and villainy. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. You I love that, that part. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Amazing, the, it's amazing, but it's not a Star Wars bar. <laughs> and it's like yeah, it's right. the same thing I felt I was trying to explain <laughs> to people about the happiest place in the world was like, it's not what you think it is, but it is, but it isn't, <laughs> but it is. And that you could mention Snow White and you can mention Cinderella, right? Because they're public domain not characters. IP. Yeah. And yep. Pinocchio. Yep. Uh, Pocahontas, of course. Like those are not, you know, owned by any company. So it's pretty interesting. But if you read this book, you'll understand if anybody knows what we're talking about. You also don't understand what character she portrays in this. I think I feel like people can get an idea of what you're what you're referring to, but you're not referring to, uh, which is fine because I love that like little poke. It makes it if you went if you had the ability and you had the rights to say the actual place, it would be less fun in my opinion. I feel like this is kind of fun because it's almost like you know taking a shot at that actual company. <laughs> You know, and that, and in case anybody is listening for that company, yeah, which yeah. it's not my intention, but it yeah, really, yeah. I have to say, I actually like, um, I, I feel pretty neutral about, I've always felt kind of neutral about the park and the movies mm -hmm. and everything. Like, I don't have kids. Like I just don't, it's, I like it. I, I just haven't thought too much about it, but I will say, um, that particular ice princess movie, I do sort of unironically love it. And I, I talk about it a lot in the book because I think something really interesting happened in it, which, you know, if you read May Fly, you can, you can find there. out. Um, you the, can find it's out. funny I mentioned that. That's, that's, <laughs> so I have a two and a half year old son and, and during the pandemic, uh, we got COVID in the summer of August, August of 21, yeah. uh, no, 22, oh, August of 22, we got COVID and uh, the entire time, all we watched was Cars. Like all he wanted to watch was Cars. <laughs> the, movie, the movie Cars, like Cars One, Cars Two, Cars Three, just back to back to back to back. And I said to my wife, I was like, I'm so glad these are the movies that he decided to watch because every single time we watched it was we picked up something new, some sort of innuendo or some sort of joke that made it was like, yeah, was, I was actually riveted still. And like he, she'd put on like movie three, and I'd be like, she's like, why are you still watching this? I'm like, I don't know. There's something about it that really draws me in. I said to her, I'm glad it wasn't that movie because I don't know if I could have done <laughs> the, song, the, singing, the, song. the song over and over and over again because that would have that would have driven me insane. I probably would have been like, no, we're not watching that. It's broken or something along those lines. Uh, <laughs> but and then reading the this book it was like kind of funny it was like it came full circle in that sense um but it's strange it's weird but i mean has this been something that you have had to tell the specific mayfly story for a, a little while not maybe you were gonna write a book about it but is this something that you've had like i don't know how, how did you come up with this i guess it was it was percolating i would say only for it, it, it happened really fast. So I wrote two full books before Mayfly and okay. I could not sell them. 
for like my life. And um, I was kind of like in a dark moment. I lost some people. I was like getting rejection letters every day for years. And um, I was just like, fuck it. And for some reason it was COVID. It was like a weird time. And I just thought like someone needs to retell story of the eye from a female perspective. And that was, I can't tell you where that came from, but I was like, I became obsessed with this idea. What does that look like? Like um, story of the eye is something that, you know, it's like people used to talk about it all the time and then they didn't. And I think um, we were in a moment too, where I felt like people were trying to throw out a lot of literature that was written by like straight white men and I get it, but also like, what if instead of that, what if we just celebrate what's really amazing about it? And also just know that it's like, those works are amazing. Like we don't need to like take anything away from them. And maybe we just kind of get to join the party too, you know? And I think that was kind of my hope is like to keep celebrating these works that I loved, but also just get to see myself in them a little bit. So um, anyway, became obsessed. Maeve came to me very quickly. And um, I outlined the book in like two days and wrote the whole thing beginning to end with edits in like four or five months. And it just, it was like one of those weird things that just flew. And um, I definitely had to like draw the curtains and drink a lot of whiskey at odd hours of the day to write some of the scenes. And, but it was a blast. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It's a, it's a, it is. Some of the scenes are, I, do you have some, you have some merch on your website that explains some of the scenes that are in the, in the, in the book. Um, <laughs> that if anybody has some things on there, that's just kind of funny. Cause I actually, uh, to, I hybrid read a lot of times I read audiobooks as well as the oh, book. I love that. Uh, so yeah. like, so like I'm in the car, uh, driving to and from work or if I, I'm, I'm a designer, so like a graphic designer. So a lot of times if I am like designing a project, I'll throw something in so that I, cause I, if I'm doing artsy things, I can listen to a book you know, it, more than I can. Music channel throws me off. It's weird. I don't, I don't know. But like when I'm sitting at home, I'm reading the book and so on and so forth. And I happened into some of these scenes in my car and driving. And I was like looking around to making sure that like I wasn't like parked at a stoplight. And someone's like, what is this person listening to? But That's how you know it's a fun one. <laughs> yes, exactly. And at the end, it was like, it made sense too. It wasn't, I don't know. Um, There was this uh, uh, James Tiny in the fourth as a comic book writer. He, he has a book out right now called World Tree. And it's about a nudist uh, is the main character is a nudist. And so like a lot of the characters have risque poses and stuff like that, but it's like, it makes sense to me because obviously the character's nudist. And on, yeah. on, uh, on other comic books, you see the comic books having like risque images on the front of the book. You're like, why? It's not about that. This is just so you yeah. can sell comics or whatever. This book, it's the same thing. I felt like it it was necessary to show you who Maeve was. And it furthered the story so perfectly that I was like, oh yeah, I could get this. I get behind this. This is this is great. But yeah, Thank if it was reading you. the book wow. at home, I feel I feel like I still would be like reading the book at home. And I still probably would have been like, oh, I can, <laughs> can, can read this, can I? Can someone see what I'm doing here? Um <laughs> but no, it was it was uh, definitely uh, worth the journey for sure. Uh, it's like it's strange. There's things that I, I wasn't getting in any other books that I was getting reading that year. And if you look at my top list, uh, it's there's nothing that's like even similarly close. Plus, I love the fact that it's a strong female lead character. That's to me a huge thing written by a, a female. That's the other part is that there's yeah. some great people out there writing strong female leads but are written by men, which I always thought was is weird sometimes. Um, not that they can't. I'm just saying that yeah. it's nice hearing it coming from, you know, your perspective. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I'm very team like I just I think everybody I hope everybody gets to write and everybody gets to be heard. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, I think I also do appreciate if if men are writing female main characters like it is still I, I always kind of remember those books because it is like it's a beautiful thing to get to see yourself in even yeah. like super debauched, messed up, you know, kinds of literature because it's fun. And, and, and yes, I agree because I'm also re rereading um, My Heart is a Chainsaw right now. Oh, and so good. Don't Fear the Reaper because I'm getting yeah. ready to read a The Angel uh, uh, Lake. I have the arc of that, getting ready for that to read to read that. And so I'm rereading those and it's like Jay Daniels is also a, a you don't An see these characters. Character. And I, I, you don't see them in pop culture that often anymore. I get yeah. uh, that often. It's like it feels like it needs you need to pick up a book to actually get these characters. And I, and I wish that we could see them more in TVs and movies and things like that as well, because, you know, yes, the stereotypical person who potentially kills people, most of them are men. And that's why yeah. you see this white men character. Yeah. But like, that doesn't mean we can't tell fictional stories that have the same thing, but with women. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it was really important to me. I talk about it a lot in the book. But what I was seeing was like, I was finding these female characters who were doing monstrous things, but but they all had this like victim backstory, <laughs> you know, like they all had some traumatic event that was like something done to them, usually by a man. <laughs> it's kind of like, so it, I almost felt like there was this feeling that, you know, in our culture right now, like we'll give women permission in fiction and in movies or whatever to be monstrous, but only if they were first kind of like made that way by a man or made that way by society or whatever. And it's like, well, I don't know, Patrick Bateman had a pretty good life, you know, and he just was Patrick Bateman. Like, why can't we have a female character like that? And why is that so hard for us to believe? Mm. You know, like there was so much pushback even in getting this book published. Like, won't you give a little backstory? Like, won't you give a little bit? And it's like, why does it matter? Mm. You know, so that I don't know. It's pretty interesting. I, it, it is. And I love your uh, I mean, that's isn't that the quote from uh, from Grady? Hendrix in the front of Apocalyptic Anaheim Psycho, uh, yeah. which is kind of he's, funny. The Psycho connection is awesome. Yeah. I was just saying, it's in the quotes on there. It's like, there's some 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 heavy hitters on here, including Tori Amos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got lucky with blurbs. It, uh, yes. It, it's, it it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, you obviously had this quote from Daniel Krauss in the back. I, 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 you know, uh, was a deliriously in, uh, indecent feminist slasher. This is co-author of The Living Dead, which would probably have said whale fall if this book came yeah, out. Yeah, for sure it would have. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's it's a it's a it's a wonderful book. It's strange, like I said, it has that strangeness to it. It's also not like there's like this weird thing where when I read a book and all of a sudden I know there's a supernatural twist in it, like super supernatural, like like totally unbelievable. This is not even like based yeah. on Earth, like. This is weirdly to say it's grounded, um, which is like, I like books yeah. and I'm reading it. I like to escape and read fiction, but I also like fiction that could possibly be real. It adds that horror, like further horror element to me, if that makes any sense. I'm so glad it's uh, I think writing a slasher is it's a very like singular experience. And so I have like more books in my contract and like we're kind of keeping it rolling with writing and uh yeah. Uh, I I don't have other slasher stories, but I we have now come to the place where it looks like I'll probably return to Maeve and her world, and I think she'll be kind of my one slasher mm -hmm. in my canon. I think we'll see. Well, it's I mean, that makes funny. sense. I mean, yeah. If you have more to tell, and there's more to tell in the in the story, like you said, it's it's 
you know, like we just mentioned my heart is a chainsaw that there, you know, Jay Daniels is a ever telling story in a sense in that. And then yeah. uh, other, other books that, that are slashers. Um, I feel like slashers deserve a sequel. If that makes any sense, like anything is a slasher anyway, is like yes. telling that sequel as part of the story anyway. I mean, think about Michael Myers, Freddy, yes. Jason. Like we, we have this like really rich history of like slashers continuing on and this sort of like the boogeyman never dies kind of like feeling to it. And it's so epic. And uh, I also love that Stephen Graham Jones did that because uh, I think I'm not like, you know, sci-fi and fantasy, they get these like five book series all the time. Comic books, of course, you know, mm -hmm. go on for yeah. uh, really long time and yeah. i think like, horror for for a while we've been seeing a lot of standalones the occasional like uh sequel but like i don't know stephen graham jones giving us a trilogy here makes me feel like we might be moving into like an interesting moment of horror series which i mm -hmm. love to, to me it's like i don't know if i feel like we're in the world of uh you know trying to intake so much of so like Marvel Cinematic Universe having all yeah. those superhero movies having yeah. you know TV shows that spin off into other TV shows and things like that uh we want this connected world in a sense uh and, and so having more you also feel like to me you'd almost be doing a disservice to the slasher genre by only doing one one story with 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 me but again that's down the road you have other things that are coming out before uh before yeah. anything even gets into that that part but um the you 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 on your website, your bio, I'm just going to go on your bio. It's probably not uh, completely recent, but you talk about telling stories about places and things like yes. that. Like you, this, this had that in it, but I also cared so much for our characters in your book that I didn't think that I would. And I think that is part of your character building. And it's it just, it's, it's wonderful. I'll tell you that much. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's what I hope is like, um, I love setting and I think like we read for human relationships. Right. Mm. And, and it's kind of also fun when, and I'm I'm so happy that for you it worked, you know, and then maybe I was able to pull it off, but it's, I think it's great to be able to like connect with a character that maybe this in this person in real life, you might be like, I fucking hate you. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. like, I don't want to connect with you, yes. but it's like, there's, it's fiction. It's, it's, yes. you know, it's on the page. So I'm, and, I'm so in the name, her name is the name of the book, and, and there's so you want to care for the character, and you don't want to immediately knowing this person isn't the greatest person in the world that you wouldn't want to immediately have everybody hate that person because there, I mean, there is the ability to follow and love a book of or a villain in a book that you like, uh, yeah you know, totally it's totally. possible, but in the same sense, I felt like you still had this moments of like no, I side with me. That makes sense to me. <laughs> I wouldn't handle it that way, but I, that makes sense to yeah. me. And, <laughs> and, and so, you know, but that's also what makes Maeve the person that Maeve is and, you know, makes me who I am, even though obviously Maeve is not real, unless it's based on a true story. I don't know. <laughs> I Look, I mean, I, I'm, I can't say, but, <laughs> um, uh, you know, it was really important to me that like, because there are characters who are like really nihilistic, they're bored with life, they're over everything. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't want her to be that. I wanted her to have things she loved, uh, things she cared about, things that were like actually vital to her in the world. And I think like that is where we find connection with people, you know, like when you meet somebody who loves something, especially like, you know, you looking at your room behind you, it's like, yeah. you know, when you're part of a fandom, right. Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is, like, that's how uh, so much of how we form connection. So that was a lot of fun. I'm sure. And so you, I'm guessing you enjoyed writing the book. You said you, you kind of ripped through making it basically in, in yeah. a sense, like you were just on it. Um, 
what was the experience like when it finally hit shelves and people, the reviews and things like that were rolling in? Was it a positive experience? Was it a, oh yeah. my God, I got, to start, I got to start the next one. Now there's pressure on me or it's like. <laughs> it, it was amazing. So I, like I'll say my book sold two years exactly mm-hmm. before it came out. So it was an incredibly long ramp up period, like weirdly long. And that was because of COVID backup and all kinds of factors. Um, And by the time I've been working on two other books and now or three other books, and one of them now is kind of like we're finishing up. But um, I think I had a lot of time to process and I was really lucky. And so the Goodreads reviews start coming in early and the NetGalley reviews. And at first, you you know, I was obsessing over the negative ones and not even looking at the positive ones and, Mm -hmm. you know. But it, it kind of gets to a point where like when I got really emotional was just walking into a bookstore and seeing it on the shelf. And I think um, for writers where most of us are readers and when you grew up a reader, like those bookshelves saved my life as a kid and were yeah. my life. And like I, they, it was the most magical place in the world going to the bookstore and just knowing you're going to like enter a new realm and learn so much. And I think like that that to me, even now, like events and um, you know, all that stuff. I like that stuff and I like meeting people, but like really just like knowing that the book is on shelves is like pretty fucking magical and makes it all feel so worth it. You know, seven yeah. years from trying to start writing to like getting a book out, which is actually even fast for this yes. industry, which is insane. Yes. And, and it, 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 I think that the majority, I mean, my wife and I talk about books that we read. We're like, okay, anything that we pick up on a shelf at a store and we go on Goodreads and it's over a 3.75 or whatever, we're like, okay, we're definitely going to, if it looks good, we want it, we're going to read it. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that to me is like that, that that's the line to us, if that makes any sense. I mean, obviously we've read things below that, uh, but like, it's just, that's what we decide our line is. And to think that there's 7,000 people right now that have rated your book on Goodreads. Yeah. But that's just the people who use Goodreads and those are the people who actually review things. Uh, it's a it's an insane thing I can even think about, uh, you know, how, how much that would feel good that that many people are reading your book, uh, whether they like it or not. It's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, I just think like, I feel, I think my attitude toward writing the whole time has been like, I feel like I'm always going to have more to learn. And I'm just so freaking lucky to be here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so stoked to be part of this that like, you know, I know um, I there and there are a lot of reasons for this. But, you know, like writers can get touchy about things or even like, you know, with the publishing, like if the cover isn't what you want or my cover is exactly what I want. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. this is amazing. (laughs) But, you know, if anything kind of like isn't exactly what you want. But like, I don't know. I just feel like, holy shit, like people get to read my book like I'm. Uh, but yeah, oh, by the way, so that she's a painter who did my cover. Um, there was, yeah. And then there's an artist at at the publisher too, who kind of made it look like a book. Um, but the painter Carly Mazder, uh, she's actually doing my next book cover too, which I'm so excited about. Is it, so your, your paper, this is hard covers out right now, but is the paperbacks coming out in July is the same cover, just paper, just paperback version of the cover. You know what? I think so, but we actually haven't. I have not been told yet, but I would okay. imagine because yeah. we're I mean, all pretty in love with this cover. Uh, well, it's kind of funny. I Sometimes I see that. I don't understand it. Sometimes, sometimes it also the book publishing world is completely different, honestly, than the comic book publishing world in many yeah. facets. Uh, but one of them is like, this is the cover, period, no matter where it's published and how it's published. Whereas in books, it seems like it's weird. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes the UK version is like far superior than what we're getting in the US and then the opposite goes and then they go to paperback. You're like, the hardcover was so beautiful. Why'd you go to this cover on the paperback? Um, but 
a lot of times they both look good. It's just why they yeah. decided to go a certain way. I think it's this, a lot me, of factors. This to me, it might sell your book. You know, you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but like if no, I saw this on the shelf, I would average. pick this up before I knew about it for sure. Um, and we're getting yeah, so you, more covers this year too, because it's okay. coming out in more countries. So that'll be yes. interesting. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to see what everybody, the French one is completely different, completely. That's awesome. And that's coming out in February. So that'll how, be do fun. you know how, how many languages it's going to be printed in? Do you know yet so far? Or? So far we've got, I think it's France, uh, Germany and Italy. Okay. And that's, that's it so far. That's, that's so still three, crazy though. Three other <laughs> languages. Yeah. And, and now we're hoping the next book too you know i mean it's just yeah. like it keeps rolling it's yeah, fun exactly. it's fine and you said next book so it's so this side this book has strangest it's weirdness to me like i said it's, it's coming from someone who's reading it now someone's writing it you're probably like it's just normal this is just this is what i wanted <laughs> to write uh but you have you now it sets up the center stage for for american rapture is coming uh yes. in, in october of this year it's so weird because it takes like i mentioned the comic book market versus the book market and um, it takes you take about a year to almost promote a book in the in the book market yeah. and you're like still kind of promoting Mayfly in the sense that you're yeah. also trying to get people to pre-order your next book which is like a weird thing cuz like you haven't even lived in this book for for a year and, and or or just around a year you know when did it come out again Jul July J uh, June 6th but I'll tell June you what 6th. because we sold it so much earlier than it came out I'm kind of yeah. like like everybody, please read Maeve. Like I'm like, but yeah, I'm like ready to, I'm ready to like keep it moving and kind of, uh, yes. you know, and then I'll return to Maeve after we get a little break. Well, you get this, you get this pre-order, like let's talk like a second about yeah. uh, uh, American Rapture, but then you'll get this ability to also re-promote Maeve again as the trade yes. or as the paperback comes out, yep. uh, which is pretty cool. And some people are big paperback fans. Some people are on a budget. So that makes sense too. I love a paper. I, I actually think it feels better to hold a paperback personally. To hold a paperback. Yes. The longevity of it on a shelf. Like if you're going to collect something, it's something Fair. about hardcover does that. But yes, I'm just a big point of if you buy the first one of a series in the hardcover, you must buy the second. Oh, you have to. Me, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I have you're the now maid, reading that. The, the maid. Uh, Nina, Nina, Nina's book that made in, in a soft cover for the first book and hardcover. It's they're like inches in separate in size. Yeah, it's not even like they're like close. It's like literally like the size of a book is so small <laughs> compared to the. But that's just me being some sort of OCD thing about having to make sure that things are lining up on the shelf. But that doesn't read any different people. The words are also the same on the inside. No, but it, I understand, <laughs> and and there's all kind. There are you know everybody does their. own. Yeah. own dance with books i like to crack a spine personally i love a spine crack so uh you can't really do it with a hardcover it's harder no and if you spine crack on an ipad up, it's know? it's probably not a good thing right if you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> reading digitally because it is available digitally too and i can understand that uh yes. like i mentioned hybrid there is a cool way of doing that too i've read, read physical copies at the well time of reading an e-copy as well um yeah and it's like two dollars sometimes yes. So yeah, look for those deals. But yeah, if you're in a more of a budget, Mayfly comes back out again in 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 paperback this summer, which is cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. But then you have right after that, a couple months later in October, you have American Rapture coming out. Yeah. Um, and you just announced this a couple weeks ago, which is pretty cool. Um, exciting for it to come out. It's a different book, obviously. What's it about? Tell us a little bit about. Um, and by the way, this is only my second time uh, talking about it with somebody. So I'm, okay. this is very fun for me. So thank you. Um, it's basically a uh, Catholic uh, 
teenager, very sheltered in Wisconsin, um, comes into her like beginnings of sexuality at the same time that the world explodes with this, or not that just America explodes with this pandemic that makes people kind of feral with lust. So um, it sexually propagates, the virus does. So uh, she has to get across the state of Wisconsin to reach her family in this like really like effectively what is like Dante's second circle of hell opened up in the Midwest. So it's lots of roadside America, it's lots of dairy, it's lots of neon, it's lots of, you know, like all the kind of things that I, all the settings I like, but um, it's it's a lot about Catholic guilt, shame, sex, lust, all the things. All the things to sell a book. <laughs> I hope, I hope. <laughs> no, I, it, it, that's that's awesome. In the, th the fun thing I will say, you mentioned, we mentioned about continuing Maeve's story at some point. I do love yeah. that this is, uh, I love how the, the the description you put it out there, put it out of it right now, it says from CJ Lead, the deviant mind behind Mayfly. <laughs> and it was like, but it's 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 in your wheelhouse to tell this story, you know, but it's also different than Mayfly in the sense that it's not going to be the exact same book, just a different main character. It is some people who have this ability to write a book every year. It's just basically a retelling of the same story over and over again. This is obviously going to be a different different story, which is what I'm something yeah. I'm looking forward to because I enjoyed your writing and I want to hear Thank a different you. story, which is pretty cool. Our hope was to kind of like hit some of the same themes, hit some of the same, you know, like have have a lot of that like sort of neon bar Americana carry through, but also like, yeah, give a really different main character. And actually the book I'm working on now has a male main character. So, you know, it's like, I do kind of want to like keep it rolling. Um, but by the way, I did not choose to call myself deviant there. That was a surprise to me. And I was thrilled. I was like, thank you, whoever wrote this. I think it was my editor, but <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, look at that. It, it, you know, if you read, if you read Mayfly, people are going to understand it. And then if you get to American Rapture, people are going to understand it, you know, uh, set CJ, a CJ apart of, from everybody else out there right now. No, um, it's October 15th that drops, which is pretty cool. You can pre-order it now at most places, including Amazon. Yeah. Um, but also check out your local bookstores and things like that. Uh, but I've always said, I've said it a million times on these podcasts. It's like, try your local bookstore. But if you end up just it's the easiest and best thing for you to do is buy it on Amazon, just do that because no matter what, it's a book sale. And that's the biggest thing in my mind. I'm like, yes, local is great. If you can do local, try to do local. But in the end, don't not buy the book because yeah. you don't want to buy it on Amazon. Still buy the 100%. book. 100%. <laughs> and also, um, I think, uh, sorry, that was the hotel phone just yeah. <laughs> rang. Um, we're checking out soon. Yeah. But uh, bookshop.org has also yes. been like a great yes. resource for that. Because, you know, then you get to like place the order and not really think about it. But, you know, it comes from some local bookstore. But yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Please, yeah. If you guys can afford to buy a book, uh, it does help writers out yes. a lot. And also, um, uh, we've, we've been a big proponents of, because uh, we listen to audiobooks as well here, is uh, uh, Libro FM. If anybody doesn't know yes. about that too, when the book does become available in audiobook format, um, that uh, Mayfly is available in audiobook format, is uh, to buy it on there because that also supports. They send a kickback to a local bookstore that you choose uh, when you sign up for that too. So it's like it's like buying the book from the bookstore, but in audiobook format because obviously no one sells audio CDs anymore, do they? Is, uh, is that even a thing what anymore? A good question. 
I I don't know. And I, and I will say like my next book has a lot to do with libraries too. And like, you know, I'm just stoked if anybody reads it. So yeah, so yeah libraries, libraries are great for, for that, yeah. you know, uh, you know, not that this is going to be in a school library, but just, you know, maybe. Maybe you're I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I hope um, I get banned somewhere. That's, <laughs> that, that's the that's the goal, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Banned, banned for not doing anything wrong, just writing writing a great novel. There you go. Um, In like Florida or Texas or something. Yeah, that, that's easy. I, I think you. I think our 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 Stein's probably banned in Texas. Um, the the. Book, like I said, October 15th, you can get uh, Mayfly and uh, in hardcover right now. And, uh, you know, I said paperback this July as well. So you can pre-order that as well or buy the hardcover right now. Um, you're a Star Trek fan. Big time. Would you ever want to write Star Trek comics? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, this is a this is a random question. This is just like we're closing out with this question here. Uh, we're big comic book fans, obviously here, yeah. uh, and and we've had Star Trek editors uh, for the Star Trek line over at IDW on the podcast. And so I just thought I'd say, hey, that's a cool thing. Comics is, I mean, writers people crossover. I just mentioned three people who have written comics and yes. com and novels. Um, is that something that would ever interest you? I mean, just writing comics in general. I mean, I, it, or is this just? Um, not, you don't I, have to say yes, by the way. You can yeah, say yeah, no. yeah. No. Well, so <laughs> I worked. I worked at a comic book store. Actually, that was my last right. job before um, doing this full time. Uh, I love comics. Actually, I really do. Um, and there are, of course, like novelizations of Star Trek yeah. too. It's like its whole own industry. Yes. Um, I, I think the thing is like, I get like, my heart's like pounding, even like you asking that question. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm such a big fan and it's such like a comfort world for me. I almost wonder, I think it would be the biggest dream and honor. And at the same time, I wonder if maybe like, maybe I shouldn't involve myself in that way. Maybe I should just be able to be the biggest fan of this for my whole life and just kind of have that remain so pure you know because i wouldn't want to fuck it up i can't yes, fuck up star yeah, trek yeah. for people like what if i what if i did you know like that's egregious i, I know firsthand by me for, but i've talked to people who are like it's such a difficult thing heather antos is the editor one of the editors of idw she's been on the podcast and she's talking about the idea of the lore behind these things. Yeah. And like, if you change the smallest thing or you screw up on the smallest thing, they're villainized for the rest of their lives because they messed yeah. with their Star Trek. And it's like, yeah, I can understand that peeling back that curtain and going in behind yeah. the scenes of some of these stuff too also can be fun, but in the same sense comes with pressure, you know, it's telling your own stories like Mayfly or American Rapture. It's probably the, I say safer, but the safer of the two bets. But yes, if someone, basically what you're saying is if someone to tap their shoulder on, hey, can you do a one shot? You'd think about it. You'd I'd think about it for sure. It. Oh, and but it'd be such like an honor. You're not gearing into it, looking forward to it, trying to get into that. It's it's just yeah. It happens, it I, I'd say if anything, I mean, I live in LA and I'm not an actor, but if there was ever like a day player part where like I don't have to do too much and can be in like some elaborate alien makeup or something, that'd be more like how I'd want to like step in a Star Trek world. Cause then it's like I'm not really on the hook. I get to participate. I get to like probably cry all day yeah. from joy but uh <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty funny <laughs> I, I yeah i can understand that i can completely see that and, and, and it'd be fun to uh you know if they ever do a maybe a mayfly star trek crossover i don't know <laughs> hey look i mean i could see mave and kirk you know having a gay old time <laughs> Yes, exactly right. Or how about this? Uh, Maeve uh, uh, cosplays as a character from Star Trek, uh, you know, and, and, and walks around. 
That'd be amazing. Honestly, I could see her vibing with the Klingon world pretty hard, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I see it. Yeah, I had to throw that out there because I knew you're a Star Trek fan and, uh, you know, we would be big fans of a Star Trek comic book written by you, but, you know, I keep to the book for now. Thank you. Well, yeah. not, Not like you're not busy enough as it is. Well, I, I would say never say never because I said a hard no to a Maeve sequel and now here we are. So <laughs> never say never. <laughs> Things change. But, yeah, exactly. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and talk Maeve Fly, American Rapture, Star Trek and all, everything you. in between. Um, yeah. So best of luck. We're so excited to, to read uh, American Rapture uh, and we'll be back in touch at some point, probably to come on and talk about that at some point in the future. I hope so. Yeah. I hope we yeah. get to chat more. And if nothing else, I just want to stare at your beautiful comic book and like Funko collection. So behind the, you. The, the fun thing of this, there's what, one, two, three, four, five shelves up there and they're all signed by guests of the podcast. So that, that was so my cool. goal. So like they're all uh, either I've owned them before or they, they have sent them to me afterwards. Um, this line here is all signed VHS um, from people that wow. were in them. Like, so we got like, I don't know, we got uh, Friday the 13th, Never Any Story, Bible. But yeah, it's fun. I uh, I work closely with the people who do the convention in Maine. Oh, uh, the, nice. The comic book convention. So a lot of times I do a lot of their graphics and they give me autograph stuff for free. So I in trade because i don't want to charge them but yeah it's been a long collection but it's a fun thing all my books are in my my bedroom library area there's some signed ones in there but i gotta bring some of those in here i had them i've got whale fall coffee oh there you go it's whale fall coffee and then whale fall whale fall beer that um my boyfriend and i saw the whale fall beer existed and we like got online to see if we could get some we thought that was so cool (laughs) it was so limited and uh it was uh yeah we we don't we only my brewery only sells within new england and so it's hard it's uh, some states you can ship to some states you can't so we were just like uh, we secretly shipped some to daniel um he said he sent him in the case but other than that it was it was so it's one of the fastest selling beers we've had and i'm hoping to do something in the future uh in the future with Daniel or whoever, uh, be kind of fun to do in the future. So, but yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on and, 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 you know, safe travels and and safe, whatever you're doing, but, um, come back and talk American rapture or, or just shoot the shit. doesn't matter to me. Thank you. I would love that. And thank you so much for plugging both books and, uh, reading, reading Maeve and, uh, just being the coolest. Thank, Thank you so much. 